Greetings friends, my name is Jeremy Walker and welcome back to the From the Heart of Spurgeon podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the first one, we hope that you'll enjoy this one, where we simply want to talk a little bit about how to read these sermons by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Remember, they are sermons. They are not talks, they're not lectures, they're not addresses, and they're not essays or articles. And that perhaps is one of the real challenges when we're reading a sermon off the page, because a sermon is essentially oral rather than scribal. It's the spoken word rather than the written word. Now, bear in mind that Spurgeon did edit these sermons himself. There was somebody in the congregation every week who would transcribe those sermons. And then early on a Monday, Spurgeon would get the transcript and over the course of the week, uh, engaging with his uh, his publishers, Passmore and Alabaster, he would produce then this text which would be printed and distributed and collected together ultimately in these big volumes once a year. So, the sermons have been edited from the spoken to the written word, but they're still intended to provide something of the force of the word preached. And sometimes they're fairly roughly edited, and the rhythms of the writing are more like the rhythms of speaking. And it's important then to appreciate that what we're trying to do is to get something of the sermonic force under God of Spurgeon's work. So with that in mind, I would suggest that you approach the reading of these sermons as you would any other sermon, whether you're reading one a day or one a week or from time to time, try and get the best out of them by reading them in the same spirit in which you might have heard them. I would suggest, therefore, that you read them humbly, that you would read them asking God that you might not hear the voice of a mere man, but the very voice of God. Now, remember what the Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians, that they received the word not as the teaching of men, but as the very truth of God himself. The man is the instrument of God. Now, that's preeminently true of the act of preaching, where you have a, a living man under the influence of the Holy Spirit preaching to living people. But we want to try and obtain something of that blessing by reading. So let's read humbly, asking that it might be God's voice, God's word, God's truth that we hear. Then I would suggest let's read prayerfully. Seek the blessing of the Lord God upon your soul. That would be true when you sit down to hear your own pastor, uh, the, the preacher who stands in the pulpit where you sit week by week. Read prayerfully because it is God ultimately who gives the blessing. It was God who gave the increase. Uh, Spurgeon was well known when asked the secret of his success, as people thought of it, for answering, it is that my people pray for me. And we too might pray 
for ourselves in this regard that God in his mercy would be pleased to make his face shine upon us so that we might know the something of the power with which Spurgeon first preached and something of the blessing. And in that respect, read expectantly. Don't read flatly and carelessly. Anticipate that your soul will be fed. Here is a man who was gifted by God for the preaching of the gospel. And it's uh, to be expected then that as others have profited before, that we will profit now. Read expecting that your hand will be strengthened. Spurgeon is an exemplary exhorter, comforter, strengthener. Uh, he, He knows how to rebuke. He knows how to point the finger. He knows how to call people alongside. He knows how to get us moving. Our hands will be strengthened and we should expect then this word of God preached to have an effect upon us and our feet directed into right ways. Spurgeon was a man who pursued communion with God. He was concerned for holiness, not for Spurgeon, some sort of limp gospel but rather one that uh, by the power of God made a man alive and set him running in ways of righteousness. So read humbly, asking that you might not hear the voice of a mere man, but the very voice of God. Read prayerfully, asking a blessing from heaven upon your soul. Read expectantly, anticipating that your soul will be fed and your humanity directed in ways of righteousness. Then read thoughtfully. Don't assume that Spurgeon is always right just because he is Spurgeon. Again, I don't think Spurgeon himself would want you to read mindlessly these productions. He himself would always be pointing you back to the Bible. So read with a Berean spirit. These were the ones who were of a noble mind in Acts chapter 17, who received the word of God readily and searched the scriptures to see whether or not these things were so. Spurgeon would have you read these sermons in the same way, not just sitting there passively, allowing Spurgeon to, as it were, browbeat you, but rather to read with an open Bible to read the text, to read it in its context, to uh, take to heart what is being said, because here is a man who's acknowledged as a faithful servant of the Most High, and then to engage with this word, to wrestle with the scriptures, to see whether or not what Spurgeon says relates to the scriptures, the text he's preaching, the whole counsel of God. Engage your mind when you read Spurgeon. He is not by any means a stupid man and he knows he's not preaching to stupid people. He expects you to use your reason, submitting it to the revelation of God. So read it thoughtfully. Then read joyfully. It is a privilege to have this gifted man who, though dead, still speaks to us, speaking off the pages of these books. And as you hear his voice, as it were, off the page, then you will see Christ Jesus. You will hear the word of God. There will be times, I believe, when your heart is lifted heavenwards. Yes, 
Spurgeon can be a little flowery at times. We we know that. We we should expect that. But his heart is so taken up with the Lord Jesus Christ that you will see the both the glories of Christ and the blessings of Christ's salvation laid out for you on the page in a way that is just delightful. Yes, there'll be times when you are plunged to the depths, times when Spurgeon puts his finger on your sins, times when he points out your your follies and your failings, times when he pulls back the veil and exposes your sins and your transgressions. But he does this as a good physician, determined always to bring you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And once you are there, he will offer you a full Christ, salvation in its entirety through the blood of the Lord Jesus. And all those blessings he will also delight to set forth. Uh, There are few preachers, I think, who, who love to dwell upon the goodness of God and the wonders of salvation as Charles Haddon Spurgeon did. So read joyfully, not just because you you can read such a gifted man, but because of the joy that he communicates, a joy that he himself felt in the midst of real sufferings and struggles. And in that respect, read sensitively. This was a man who did suffer much. He was both hated and loved in his day. In Britain, we'd say he was he was Marmite. You either loved him or you hated him, but there wasn't much space in between. Many despised him, many assaulted him, many uh, criticised him and abused him in person and in print. He himself suffered significantly at various stages, even from the earliest days of his ministry in London. He went through some particular experiences in which he was much cast down and was often deeply distressed, sometimes uh, seemed to really plunge into the depths of misery and even close to despair. But the Lord God brought him back again, especially as his life advanced. There were serious struggles with sickness, agonizing days and weeks and months And you can hear some of that coming out in the sermons. So read sensitively, remembering that here is a man who's uh, going through the mill, who is uh, struggling with many of the same kinds of challenges that you or I do, but often on a grander scale. A man who is being formed by his Lord on the, the anvil of suffering and the hammer of affliction to be a useful minister of the gospel. Then I would say further, read graciously. Don't read Spurgeon just to critique him. Uh, Don't listen to any preacher just to pick holes in their sermons. Read to learn. Yes, we know that Spurgeon is not perfect because he's a fallen human being like you are and like I am, but he is a man who is gifted by God to preach and to teach. So come with that humble and gracious disposition, ready to learn what to believe and how to behave, not from Spurgeon, but from the scriptures that Spurgeon preaches. 
read also for lessons in preaching. We might say that this is something that is better caught than taught. And I would say there's very little of this kind of preaching today. There's a great deal of Bible talking. Uh, there's a great deal of lecturing, but there's very little of this gospel preaching. And by gospel, I don't mean just narrow uh, Calvary sermons, but bringing the beauty and the glory of Christ to bear from salvation into every part of a saved sinner's life. And Spurgeon then uh, properly understood and understood in his context by all means, but learned from as a, a humble and a gracious hearer. Spurgeon will teach you how to preach. It's no surprise that fairly early on in his ministry, uh, people began to come to him and ask him to instruct them in how they could preach the word of God uh, with, with greater effectiveness, not just numbers, but rather with the help and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And then, especially if you're struggling, read them out loud and try to read them with some liveliness and some vigour. As we've said in a previous podcast, we will from time to time try and do our own lively readings in order to give you a sense of Spurgeon as a preacher. But if you're struggling perhaps with what he's trying to say or how he's saying it, read it out loud and you'll get a great sense of the humanity of this man. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of humanity in Spurgeon, and you'll get a sense of that, and you'll understand what he's saying better if you read it out loud uh, for yourself or with others from time to time. Now, I hope that if you read these sermons in that way, it really will prove a blessing to you, a blessing to others through you, a blessing to any to whom you might preach, having learned something from Spurgeon about what that means, uh, a blessing as a Christian as you make your way through the world because you're, you're understanding more again of the truth of God as it is in Christ Jesus. You're clearer on what you believe. You're firmer in your faith. You are more focused in your hope and you are stirred up in your love. So I hope that you will follow along with us and that you will read these sermons and that from the heart of Spurgeon you will get these benefits and blessings as we read and study together what this man has to say about the, the God of our salvation and the salvation of God. <laughs>